Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for You're not going to get across the Jordan. You're not going to get through your impossible problem with many steps. You're going to start with one step. And you're going to see later, you're going to have to get your feet wet. That's just the way it works. The steps of a righteous man and woman are ordered by the Lord. So we take baby steps, sometimes bold steps, but it's just being led to do it. Now notice, they didn't do this themselves. God said their feet will have to get in the water. God will tell you what the step to take is. Are you looking for a quick fix, one-step solution to all of your problems? Are you trying hard to solve your issues in life on your own, apart from God? Today, Pastor Mark will encourage listeners to patiently listen to the voice of God for all of their answers. The Lord wants us to rely on Him through prayer, no matter how long an answer takes. If we get the answer we want the first time every time, we never have to exercise much faith. He will show us every step to take if we just depend on Him. How can you practice faithfully waiting and relying on the Lord more in your life today? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Ephesians as he concludes part 13 in his series entitled Unlimited Opportunities. Next, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, get holy, get clean, get your mind focused on what God's going to do for tomorrow, look at this, for tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things among you. The people are reminded that God wanted to lead them to a life filled with unlimited opportunities. Why? When we focus on God and we follow God, there's no fear, there's no lack, there's no excuses, there's few regrets, and that opens up to us a land of unbelievable opportunities. Notice what he says. I want to do amazing things among you as a family. 2,000 people are going to go together. But we want to be family, but we still have to face some of those situations alone. Here's what I want you to write, and I want you to write it with your name and all of our campuses today. Would you write your name in here in Vieira and Sebastian in East Orlando and here in Melbourne? God wants to do amazing things through, put your name in there. And in a moment, we're going to read that out loud, all of us at all of our campuses. You need to understand that God could have said to the children of Israel, stand back, and the water parts, but he didn't. He's going to take the people through by following him. They're going to have to do their part. They're going to have to do steps of faith, and you're going to see the solution to you and your impossible situation, same for me. There's always steps of faith 
I have to take. Is that true? Oh, that's true. I'm little bitty. God's big. He wants to do amazing things through you. Yes, you. Now, look at verse 6. So Joshua said to the priests, take up the Ark of the Covenant, pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel, so they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Now what is he doing? Watch me. Moses is a new leader. Excuse me, Joshua is a new leader. Moses has been leading for 40 years. Here's Joshua. He's just been leading a little while. He's got 2 million people. How will those people walk into the water in a moment? How can they trust him? God says, watch. You give the commands. You set it all up. And as you do it, the people are going to go, wow. This guy like knows what he's doing. As Moses was knowing what he's doing, Joshua knows. So God says, you watch, you watch. And as you do this, the people are going to go, oh, we have a leader that hears from God. We can trust him. So the whole key was not Moses. The whole key was not Joshua. Is God with them? So they're going to do this. Look at verse 8. Now, Joshua, here's how this is going to happen. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, they've already got it on their shoulders, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. So God speaks to Joshua. Joshua speaks to the other leaders. And the other leaders obey God as a role model for the people. Because the people are going to follow human leaders. Did you get it? The people are going to follow human leaders as the human leaders follow God. That's always a principle. Turn with me, if you will. Keep your finger right there. Go to the Old Testament, excuse me, the New Testament, Hebrews. Hebrews chapter uh, 13. Quickly, in all of our campuses, Hebrews 13, you see where it is, about five books from the end of the Bible. Very easy to get to. Go to chapter 13. We're going to do verses 7, and then I'm going to go down to verse 17. And as you get there, I want to just show you something and, and speak to you about it, and then we'll, we'll dissect this. Hebrews 13, verse 7. When you get there, then you can look up at me, okay? So I'll know that you're, you're there. Let's just talk about this for a moment. How in the world are the children of Israel going to get across? Well, God designed in the body, in his church, and actually in our world, leaders and followers. People need leaders. Of course, our ultimate leader is always God. People are followers. And so God says to have organization, I'm going to have to have leaders who are listening to me and then people that will follow the leaders. You see, the role of a leader is just one of the gifts from God. It doesn't make us anybody any better than anybody else because I'm not only a leader, I'm a follower. I follow other people as well. I submit to them. So what does that mean? It means as you, uh, 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 my responsibility as a leader of this church is to move you from here to there. For you to understand that you can follow God. God doesn't want you status quo. He wants to move you from here to there. In your spiritual walk, in all kinds of areas of life. Well, how is that going to happen in a church? Well, you do that with elders and pastors. They're leaders. Got a pointy leaders. We already talked to you about that today. Well, how do I respond to a leader? 
If I'm a follower, if you're out there, how do you respond to a leader? How will these people respond? How will these people respond to Joshua? What if the people say, we're not going? Well, they don't go. They never get to the promised land. They, they have the choice of doing that. And you'll see later, some of them actually do that. Well, look at Hebrews 13, 7. When you see leaders today, think of myself, the other pastors, the other elders in this church. Remember your leaders who taught you the word of God. That's one of the roles, obviously, of a leader. Think of all the good that has come from their lives and follow their example by faith. Now, let's go down down to verse 17. Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. Well, why? Because they keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Obey them so that their work would be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no advantage, obviously, to you or us. So what is God saying to Joshua? Joshua, here's what I want you to write. This is what God's saying. Joshua, leaders lead and people follow. Leaders lead and people follow. Now, those two verses, and I'm just going to take a second to mention it, and then I'm going to move on. Many of you will run across a person, and you'll say to them this, are you a Christian? Are you a Christ follower? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Where do you go to church? Well, I don't need to go to church. I don't need to go. Why would I need to go to church? I can study the Bible for myself. Now, when I meet those people, I have to pray really hard. I have to ask God to settle my temper, because I want to smack them right in the mouth. Because normally they say to you this, I can teach myself, I know the word of God. When they say that they don't need church, here's what I want to say to them. You don't know anything about the word of God. Because what does the word of God say? Do it on your own? No. It says get together as a family. Don't forsake the gathering together of yourselves. Get pastors, prophets, evangelists, get them there together. As they follow God, you follow them. That's the whole story. Why do those people say they don't need to go to church? One reason. It's called rebellion. And by the way, it's not just in church. They rebel against any authority. So don't follow those people. Don't even get in an argument with them. Just pray for them. I have to do that, otherwise I'm there forever. And they don't like it when they leave. This doesn't change the thing. So thank you for not being those kind of people. We just submit to God, and we follow together, and it's a beautiful picture. That's the way it's designed. We'll go back to Joshua chapter 3, verse 9, all of our campuses. What's going to happen? God has instructed Joshua to send the priest and the Ark of the Covenant ahead. The people have to stand back, so now he speaks to the people. Look at verse 9. And Joshua said to the Israelites, come here and listen to the words of of the Lord your God. What if God had not been speaking? Where's Joshua now? He's got too many people in front of the river and no comments. Doesn't know what to do. What are the people gonna do? If the leader doesn't know what to do, what are the people gonna do? But God was speaking. He says, gather the people and listen to the word of God. What are we doing here in Melbourne, in East Orlando, in Vieira, in Sebastian. What are we doing this morning? We're gathering the people and what? Listening to the what? The word of God. Notice I don't have Time Magazine up here. 
I have the Word of God. Now, in my iPad, I could go to Time Magazine really quick, but I have the Word of God right here. And that's what we're learning, what, together? Because the Word of God is powerful. And God is going to instruct them how to move from here to there. And that's what I'm trying to do to you, as well as myself, because I'm on the same journey as you are today. So, as you think about this in your situation, I want to ask you a question as you move to it. When you're here and listening to God, how's that going to work? Well, we're doing it together. We're a family together, and God is speaking to us. What should be happening? I want you to understand this. God is speaking to us today. First question, are you listening? God is speaking to us today. Second question, are you following? That's the only way it would work. It's no good to listen. It's no good for the children of Israel to listen and not follow across to the Jordan. But look at verse 10. He says, as you listen to the word of God, this is how you will know that the living God, compared to the pagan gods that are all dead, is among you. And by the way, not only will you get across the Jordan, look what happens, and you will know that he will certainly future drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites, all the enemies that they're going to face. God will defeat them. So God says, obey me, watch me, prove that I am the only true living God. Nothing is impossible with me. Watch me. I will enable you to cross into the promised land, and I will help you defeat all the enemies you will ever face. So what is the key to them, and what is the key to us? It's simply this. Write it down, and I'm going to ask us to say it because there's an amen coming here somewhere. Here we go. The key to life is focusing on our living God. Our God today is not dead. Our God today is alive. And he's among us right now. There's no one like you, God. There is absolutely no one like our God. And sometimes we take God for granted. Without God, these people are finished. They're through. It's over. They'll never make it. Well, look at verse 11. Now see, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth We'll go into the Jordan ahead of you. That's a beautiful picture, isn't it? It's God's going ahead of us. God's leading us. In your impossible situation this morning, God's going ahead of you. He's leading you. Then here's some more instructions. Now then, choose 12 men from among the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And I'm going to read you verse 13 in the Balmer translation, so you can just look at me, and I'll show you how it's going to go. He says, get all, watch me. He says, get all the people, get the priests together. Now send them to the edge. And when they get to the edge, tell them to get their iPhones out and figure out when the next low tide is. Because <laughs> that's the only way you're going to get across. And by the way, he says to these priests, it's going to take you about three months to get the two million people across. You have to wait every single day till there's a low tide. Did you ever do that to God? God said, I have a solution to the problem, God. Here's my solution. Stupid. Doesn't work. God doesn't say, wait till low tide. He says, just get them there and watch me make it low tide. So don't try to solve the problem yourself. How does it really look? 
Verse 13, as soon as the priests who carried the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan. They're going to have to put their feet, the leaders, the leaders are the, always the one out front. They're the ones that are going to have to be bold. They're the ones that are going to have to face the river. All of us are like that. So they're going to have to set their feet in the Jordan. When they do it, its waters flowing downstream will be caught off and stand up in a heap. Now, the people couldn't cross and live in the promised land unless God goes before them. It was time for the leadership to what? Obey, to get in there. God would lead the people into the Jordan River. God would lead the people into the promised land. But first, the leadership had to take a step of faith. By the way, this is the only way you're going to solve your problem. Here it is. Write it down because this will come to you this year. God often leads us one step at a time. You're not going to get across the Jordan. You're not going to get through your impossible problem with many steps. You're going to start with one step. And you're going to see later, you're going to have to get your feet wet. That's just the way it works. The steps of a righteous man and woman are ordered by the Lord. So we take baby steps, sometimes bold steps, but it's just being led to do it. Now notice, they didn't do this themselves. God said their feet will have to get in the water. God will tell you what the step to take is. And he said, well, Pastor Mark, if I take it, will the problem go away? Yeah, God's way. All they know is they're going to take a step in front of the same water. All those people are going, where are they going? Where are they going? Where are they going? They're going to go around under. No, they had to trust God. He says, when you do it, I'll take care of the problem. So what kind of lifestyle is that, Mark? What kind of lifestyle is that? Here's the lifestyle. Following God requires radical obedience. You don't argue with God. You just follow him. You follow him. Of course, I took it to the elders. We all got together, made sure it was God speaking to us, not just our own flesh. God said, go for it. So you're going to have to do amazing things as you follow God. Well, as they did that, as they stepped out in faith, what happened? Look at verse 16. The water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap and a great distance away at the town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan. While the water flowing down to the sea of the Arabah, which is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. Here's the bottom line. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. What happened? The water flowing from the north, God cut it off up here. Here they are here. So that water just drained all the way down to the Dead Sea, and that was it. So all you have here is dry ground. There's no storm. There's no impossible situation. Verse 17, the priests who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan, and they stood on, say it with me, they stood on dry ground. That's impossible. That's exactly right. They stood on dry ground while Israel passed until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. It took courage for the priests and the people to obey God and his word. Now you say, well, Pastor Mark, how exactly did God do this? How should I know? You have an idea? Go for it. We don't know, but God did it. You know, often when we get to an impossible situation, you're going to look back and go, how did God do that? Who cares? He did it. Don't get crazy. You say, well, that doesn't fit my mind. 
Good, because your mind isn't God's mind. Things impossible with man are not impossible with God. If he can go out to a storm and go, peace, be still. He can say to the water, hold it up there, bud. Just watch yourself off. And that's what he did. We don't know exactly how, but he did it. It was supernatural. It was not natural. It was supernatural. If your God today is limited to natural, you and I are in trouble. He's a supernatural God. I want you to go back to verse 5 for a second, then we're going to close. Sometimes we miss what's happening here. Notice this verse. Probably didn't catch it the first time. This verse says, Tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things. It's plural. It's not one. The word amazing means marvelous, wonderful, surpassing, and extraordinary. I want to challenge you today that sometimes we don't ever operate in faith as a church should do. Remember that the promised land is the spirit-filled life. Crossing the Jordan River says we're going to move into where the power of God directs our lives. It affects us 24-7. And we don't want our lives to be predictable. We want to have our lives be filled with the supernatural, living under his influence. And as we do that, we will be experiencing God do amazing things. How are you doing today? Do you really believe that God can do supernatural things? Or do we just meet for an hour and a half and nice little family and praise God, I see you next week, Pastor Mark. It's a great week and we just go on and do our own thing. That is not what God wants. The early church turned their world upside down. We're in process of doing that. I want you to believe that the God you're serving is the living God today. And what he did then, he wants to do in your life. So the last thing I want you to write today is this statement. As you face an impossible situation, an obstacle in your life, how are you going to get through it? Here's how. Get your feet wet, follow God, and step out in faith. If you're facing an obstacle or an impossible situation today, when God speaks, we step. Get your feet wet. I don't know when he'll tell you to do that, but here in Melbourne and Vier and Sebastian and Easterland, when God says to step, get out. Get your feet wet. Step out with your focus on God. Keep your focus on God and his word. Step out in faith. Step out in expectation. Step out and watch God fulfill his promises to you. You see, when we obey and follow God, we can expect amazing things to happen. That's the life that God gave us. The spirit-filled life, the powerful life, the life that is abundant and overflowing. Problems, yes, but a God who's more powerful than our problems. The key to life is focusing on God and eliminating distractions from the enemy. Today we learn from Pastor Mark that following God requires radical obedience. Think about all the areas of your life today. Are you radically obedient towards God in your relationships, time, career? God often leads us one step at a time, so step out in faith. He wants you to be more committed to Him than just a prayer in times of need. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. 
Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. What sort of legacy are you leaving? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will challenge listeners to consider what fragrance of Christ they're leaving behind them to future generations. God wants the next generation to know Him just as much as we do. We must remember that life is all about God, not about us. This proper focus will communicate to our children and their children the need for God in everything. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in. And may God bless you. Together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world.